Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's up, everybody? How's everybody feeling today? And welcome to episode 40. Yeah, man. Damn. <clears throat> I want to start out with a shout out to the dude yeah. who, as soon as they lifted his stay-at-home order, took a bazooka to Subway. Nice. Shout out that dude. I hope yeah. I, w- I want a follower <laughs> like that, my G. That my man, straight funny. up. Yo, the person who took the picture of him must have had such a mixed bag of feelings. Because it's like, yo, this thing has a bazooka. I probably should turn around and leave as soon as possible. But I need to capture this moment because this is the absurdity of life. (laughs) See, what the dude at the bazooka doesn't know is it's highly ineffective inside a fucking uh, subway. Most likely there's not enough space in a subway for the bazooka to arm once you fire it. So, I mean... Then again, if you're firing at a person, you will just hit them with the force of the bazooka, even if it doesn't detonate. So I'm pretty sure he uses it mostly as a bludgeon weapon. He just hits them with the bazooka. That's even better. Yo, that's some gangster shit right there. But dude, the there. Twitter comments under that were amazing. Oh, I can only imagine. This uh, one of the Twitter comments was like, "Yo, I seen this nigga's loadout and knew he sucked from the beginning." I was of like, course. "Damn!" <laughs> because you know anybody who comes out there loadout with a bazooka. With just... a bazooka, yeah. Come on, son. Come Why? On, son. <laughs> Like I remember back in the Halo days, the nigga with the bazooka. Oh yeah, was, was not the threat. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was the nigga with the machine gun. That Jeff well, was. it was really Jeff with a sniper. Yes, Jeff with or a sniper the, um, was the omnipresent threat everywhere on the map. Like, how did you shoot me, nigga? I'm not even. I'm indoors. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, I'm right behind you. Like, what? Or, or the people that learned to do that trick with the with like the shotgun and the and the sword. Because there's a way to, like, target people with, like, the shotgun and shoot, but quickly switch to your sword, and it'll basically give your sword the range of a shotgun. Wow. And it gets the kill potential Halo of the sword. Yeah, it's... it's, it's <laughs> oh, man. Times, good times. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to start out today. So, uh, you been watching anything interesting? Oh, I've been watching a grip of shit. Man. That's what's up, because I've been watching lame shit. <laughs> nah, I, I can't even call it a guilty pleasure anymore, yo. I like watching that Married at First watching? Sight show. Oh, Married it's terrible. Like, I, and I'm going to talk about that shit, nigga, because like, that's that's not even my guilty pleasure anymore. Like, I got sucked into the fucking... You know what it is? Is that they make those reality shows with such diversity because they know that all they need to do is hit to something that's close to your life experience mm-hmm. and you're hooked yep. because you'll vicariously live through the show while you're trying to progress through your own life and yeah they hit me because i mean that's where i'm at with my life i'm trying to build a family so married at first sight i'm like damn if any of these niggas can make it then maybe i could do it <laughs> but yeah no let's talk about what you're what you're watching because that's going to be far more entertaining yeah i've been watching some pretty interesting things i saw the whole season of watchmen the hbo series i want to watch that is that that that's that was pretty dope okay with that. regina king it was pretty interesting yeah she's in that regina right king is the main she's um, the main character yes yeah, oh done the, deal the story is about her it's about her character what did well, you watch it on um i one of the pirate websites okay but um it's we do not like, endorse pirating anything <laughs> on heron's home podcast it's uh three it tells like three parallel stories one mm-hmm. about regina king's character which is about um uh she's a cop and in episode one the police chiefs gets killed who she has a very close relationship to mm. and it's about her investigating that and how that inv- investigation unravels her world okay. and the b story is about azimandius and what's happening to him in the present and the c story is about um the C story is about the the past and how sort of it all combines together. How the past influenced the current. Yes, okay. and like they all 
converge towards right, the end well, of the series. We won't go too deep into that. Cause I'm definitely gonna watch that. So that's going. That's we're gonna hit that up soon. Yeah, that 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 one that one was really dope. I really fucked with that. I also caught up on the the One Piece movie that came out last year, Stampede. Mm, okay, and that was pretty dope. Um, that was surprising. It. It was pretty interesting. It was the the it was animated very very well. I love the story, but one thing that was interesting about it that I didn't budget. expect was there was a CG monster. The main bad guy oh. was was like was it integrated well. Yes, it was. Oh. It looked pretty good. It looked pretty good. And when they well integrate done. the CG into the anime, well, boy, that's that shit right there. But he ended up being like um. His devil fruit power is he can incorporate things into himself. So he created a giant battleship and then fused with the battleship. So at the end, then it turns into like this giant Gundam-like monster. And that thing was CG. But it was pretty cool. That's what's up. Yo, I found this um, black anime artist on Twitter named uh, uh, Noir Caesar. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, we're going to talk about that next week, too, because I haven't perused his whole catalog. And I want to make sure that I speak on him with like a little bit of, of knowledge. Because mm-hmm. what I saw, the clips I saw... The animation was on point, so I hope that it, I hope they got some good stories too. Nice. Um, it's, it, it reminded me, it gave me Boondocks vibes, like oh, you know, anime with black people in it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and for sure. That's Boondocks was just special seen. for me, at least. Like I could go through a whole episode of Boondocks and why it's it's, it's so important to the culture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to. I definitely want to look into to um, Noir Caesar. I'm interested in some of his his work. But yeah, so what else you been watching? Uh, I just started The Mandalorian. I caught episode one of that. I like that. Okay, I can't wait to talk about that, that once you finish with it because I enjoyed that. Um, and I think I saw a couple movies. Actually, there's this one movie that I want to see. That have you seen the previews for Fat Donnie Yen? It's this movie called Enter the Fat Dragon. And no. Donnie Yen is in a fat suit. Oh goodness! He, you know, I want to see that. I so do kind of want to see that because honestly, like. I'm pretty sure that martial arts are going to be ridiculous. Of course. Because it it, it kind of, what does it remind? It reminds me of something where it was a really big dude, but moving like my G did not have any knowledge of his weight whatsoever. <laughs> like, God damn, my dude. But yeah, that's, it's, that's what that reminds me of. It's funny because both Street Fighter and Tekken came out with like two fat characters that yeah. fought like super duper, you know, like all the skinny characters. And they Ooh, like, went, like, uh, well, E Honda had a traditional sumo style, but I know you're talking about Steve in Tekken. Yes. Yeah, because they're skinny. Oh, no, Bob. Is it Bob? Is it, I think it is I Bob. Think it's Bob. I think it is Bob. I know yeah. he had a generic white name. Um, <laughs> yeah, because there's Skinny Bob, and Skinny Bob fights cool. And I was like, cool. And then I remember in Tekken 6, I believe, they put out Fat Bob. And I was like, okay, what's going on, dude? <laughs> My man put on weight, but that's supposed to be his powered up form. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. You know who else had that? Naruto. Chuji and Naruto. Was the number one True. fat ninja. True. Which yeah. I, yo, Chu, oh, man, I really like Chuji's character in Naruto. Yeah, let's, let's nerd out a bit on some anime. <laughs> real talk. Like, Chuji's character was, was probably in my, Chuji's definitely in my top 10. I don't know if he makes top five Naruto characters because, yo, the Naruto cast is one of my favorite cast of anime characters. Yeah, they got ever, some period. Just, I like, one of my personal favorites is definitely going to be Guy. Oh, nigga, what? Yo, man. What? Rock Lee? Yeah, guy Yo, and Rock. Rock Lee? But, I want to get the Rock Lee tattoo. I saw this one dude who had a fresh-ass Rock Lee tattoo where it's kind of like in perspective. So he's mm-hmm. he looks like... So there's a part where he goes... Uh, he releases the first gate and he throws a punch at Gara and he's starting to move so fast. They kind of fisheye lens him and it's like his fist is up close in the camera and his body seems far away. Yeah. It's to exaggerate. Somebody got a tattoo where his fist was the Rock Lee fist and then the perspective of Rock Lee went up his forearm. That's dope. Bruh. I've seen a Luffy tattoo like that. That shit is. Fr- yeah, because Luffy, Luffy has a lot fist. of scenes.
scenes like that too. And then yeah, like the stretching was down his hand. That's pretty fresh. Yeah, Naruto cast the characters is off the chain. That's pretty fresh. But yeah, I um and I think that's pretty much it. I, I don't think I watched any movies this time around. I would just watch this one whack ass anime movie. It was about a bunch of like teenagers got stuck on an island with a bunch of giant bugs. That one was kind of interesting, but the characters were shit. They were so oh. annoying. They were so annoying. Like, an I really hate bad anime characters because they're drawn. Like, there was no reason for you not to make this better. Exactly. <laughs> like, there was this one dude, like, uh, <laughs> they're on an island. They're trapped. No hope of rescue with giant bugs all around the island. So their lives are constantly in danger. The one chick with all the answers, this dude is like, yeah, I'm going to trap her outside because this is a dangerous monster outside. And since I'm in here with her best friend, I'm just going to rape her best friend. And I'm like, yo, what? my nigga, you went to rape, like, like the first thing completely I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. That shit is a everything. problem. Nah, there's some people who have a problem, my G. Because how, right. how do you even fictionalize that? I, I, like, I have no idea. I was like, bro, is this your priority right now? How can anyone <laughs> convince you to do this? And another thing, it's like... I don't know. I think it comes from people who've never had their life be in danger. Probably. Because if, like because probably. the idea that if your life is in danger, the first thing you're going to think about is sex is fucking retarded. <laughs> it is retarded. Because, I mean, not, not that I'm particularly proud of it, but my life has been in danger before. And I can guarantee you the last thing I thought about was sex. Right. You know what it's I mean? Like immediate, <laughs> like, saving myself from this yeah, kind of situation. Like, and yeah anyway yeah that just sound like a pretty shitty movie so we'll move yeah. on from that <laughs> but. yeah but i was i was pretty much it uh i'm really mostly just i'm really blown away by the, the Watchmen. i i thoroughly enjoyed i that. can't wait and i'm was definitely gonna i'm gonna uh watch that this week so we could um talk more about that but yeah, yeah i don't know good. if there's anything you want to rap about it before we move on from that oh no no we can wait till we can wait till next week because okay. it's probably i'll probably end up spoiling shit yeah and that's the only reason why i cut you off i was like because I'm a big fan of Regina King to begin yeah, with. Regina King's though. And so Boondocks, the fact that, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so the fact that I'm interested in watching, I was like, ah, oh, don't spoil it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> now I yeah. went back and watched the, um, so I really enjoyed season nine of Married at First Sight. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, going back to season one was actually very revelatory because it, the show has progressed a lot. You could tell like they, they learned from their mistakes. And that's, again, one of the reasons why I really enjoy the show. I don't know whether they're acting or not. I know it's all scripted, but the 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 sociologists and the people who are putting the the couples together seem like they're really trying. Right. They seem like they're really trying, and so that that feels uh, really good. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't feel like I'm watching a bunch of people who are just purely acting. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So this first season, they did it a little bit different. There was four. Uh, uh matchmakers and three couples whereas in the latter season it was three matchmakers and four couples but i i see that it balanced out better the way that they they ended up doing it but um it was really interesting the black couple this time around it was funny because i think that the the theme the the lady in the in the couple is was really learning a lot about about herself and so was <laughs> the the guy that's a good thing um so uh God dang, what was her name? I can't remember her name off the top of my head. But um, she told the matchmakers that she wanted a traditional man. That is not what she wanted. Because <laughs> when you think of like a traditional African-American gender roles, because I think she actually said, I'm into traditional gender roles, that she doesn't know how to cook. That's funny. You're into traditional and gender general, roles that don't know how to cook. And a, as a woman funny. and can't cook, and I'm not saying That's that it's a woman's race. job to cook. I'm saying that 
if we want to objectively objectively observe <laughs> yeah traditional gender roles yeah. they include the woman cooking yeah. and staying home and doing a lot of things at home and so she told them that she wanted that so guess what they did they so matched her with exactly somebody who wanted yeah. that and he meant it when he said it so when they met and she couldn't cook the dude was just like <laughs> so were you uh, were y'all niggas listening <laughs> But um, it's because they had a very nuanced idea of what traditional gender roles was were, and it did not include the expectation of her cooking. And they assumed that since she, since she said she likes traditional gender roles, that she knew How to that would that would include you cooking. By the way, you know what I mean. And so that created a really interesting dynamic because he didn't realize that until very late in their time together after they got married. Like they immediately, and it was funny because it it was interesting to see how sexually liberated the African American couple were. <laughs> like they both came in committed to the relationship, and so on their after their wedding night, they were both physically attracted to each other, so they slept together, no problem. The white couples, my nigga, it's like it's like they weren't thirty years old and never had sex before. It's like <laughs> I get it, sex is important, it's intimate. But, but you're making it, you see, you're putting the pussy on a pedestal. <laughs> you make it into some god called Pussalaya. But um, that, that's for 40-year-old virgin, by the way. But um, yeah, the white couples were just so like, first of all, one of the white couples, the dude was just, he was not a good looking dude. He was ugly. I mean, and, and I don't judge niggas. I don't make that's it a rough. habit of talking about niggas like that. But the nigga looked funky. Right. But he was a super, like, he was a good dude. Like, genuinely, he was a good person. And so the girl who they matched him with, or the lady he, that they matched him with, did not at all put any emphasis on physical appearance. So they matched on her them. own physical appearance? Oh, no, on, on her mate's physical okay, okay. appearance. And so they matched her with him. Homegirl cried when she saw him. Wow. That's, I don't even know how you would take that, bro. I, I wouldn't even, even know how you take but, that. As an ugly nigga, he's clearly been called ugly before. His parents clearly told him he was ugly growing up. And so he took it with a stride. My dude was good. That's not the worst reaction I've had. That's what it felt like. Like, okay, I'll take that. I've seen worse. We can build from crying. But no, dude. And did he, bro? She's still in the room. I got a chance. Bro, over that month, he really worked it. And she was, as much as she regretted her decision, she was open to it. And their relationship seemed to grow the most. And it was really very, like, encouraging to see that. And damn, dude, that nigga fucked up one time on some silly shit. (laughs) And it was some shit that the way he went about it would have been a deal breaker. Like, I could totally see somebody walking after that because he claimed to have quit smoking cigarettes. They went and had a, a fun but very stressful weekend. And so when he was going to park the car, he smoked a cigarette on his way back in. That's not the problem. When she asked him about it, very, like, whatever ish. He lied about it. Right. Like and then and then stood on the lie. <laughs> like and then swore on his mother's smell. life. <laughs> and it was like, are you for real right now, nigga? No one gives a fuck right at this point that you smoked a cigarette. That's how you're gonna act. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they seem to have worked through it. I haven't seen the finale yet, so I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch that tomorrow, but that was an interesting one. And then the third couple seemed the to be like hitting it off, two good looking young white people in similar socioeconomic places very help like one's an emt the other one um works in 
I forget what she does during the day, but she helps people, you know. And so that relationship looked the most promising, but turned out to be the fucking worst to watch. Because this nigga is constantly like, but what if she leaves me? But what, you know? Hello? And I, and and I don't make it a habit of talking on uh, on 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 other niggas' anatomy, but it's like little dick syndrome. Like my nigga is jacked. He's got it. He's stable. He got a good job. He's got everything there. Like, nigga, what are you worried about? Oh. <laughs> but what if she leaves me? Because it's like literally, yeah, my nigga, like, and, th- and and the worst part about it is that she is ride or die for this dude. Right. She's, she's in committed. this shit, bro. But and he's going to self-sabotage that shit. And it's little dick time. syndrome. You know what I mean? Because like when you're confident in yourself and you have like everything, everything, yeah, everything in your you favor. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something we can't see. You know what I mean? And they've already exposited the majority of their lives on this show. So it's like, oh, oh. And then on top of that, he's really shy when the sexologist talks to them about sex. <laughs> and I'm just like, I get not wanting to talk about your sex life. That's understandable. But when you're in a marriage yeah. situation with somebody who is a doctor of sex, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Who's here to not talk and deride you about your performance but to give you objective analysis of how to better your sex life you're gonna be shy come on bro you're an emt like she's a doctor like i would expect a different relationship with that you know what i mean so everything he does just screams like my dick is three inches long hard and i don't know what to do otherwise (laughs) and that's just sad it's sad because like that's a really shitty thing to be insecure about because that's your anatomy bro and it, yeah, it's and until it gets a handle on that, it's gonna fucking Not to, erode every relationship it gets into. And it always means more to the guy than to the girl. Hundred <laughs> percent. Because I because I've seen women, they get off on the thought of having sex with someone they love. So just the idea, and and it's funny because there was a there's a, a study that shows that women who are in gainful relationships, who are in relationships with people that they want to be with consistently overestimate the size of their man's penis. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> and, and I'm not even joking. That's straight up facts. That's straight up facts. That's funny. Dudes, if if your girl loves you, ask her how large you think she thinks your penis is. I bet you you'll be impressed. You'll be like, damn, <laughs> exactly. girl. Exactly. That's okay. the one. Yep. I'm going with your number. I'm going with your number. Straight out. But it's no, like, yeah, yeah, this show is like, yeah, I really enjoy it. Like, it's one of the few reality shows. And, and, I have definitely sat down through many reality shows with Carolina and never connected to them and just been like, I fucking hate all these people. <laughs> but this show actually gets me. And it's because um, the doctor, there's a, one of the ladies who's who's been on the show from the start, Dr. Pepper. I think she's the one who organizes that is the whole thing. fucking lit. Yeah. If, I, if my last name was Pepper, I'd get a doctor. I'm pretty sure Pepper's her first name, but they call her oh, Dr. That's Pepper. Even better. That's what I said. I that's was like, even I don't better. But um, yeah, she really, I think she's hit on something and she's made something that mature adults could enjoy without feeling like they're watching a shit show. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the thing is like you watch Love and Hip Hop and you know you're watching a shit show. Right. A or complete like, inner um, shit show. 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. Oh. So uh, you know what I went to that show actually show. I'm, that was one that she tried to get me to watch that I will not watch <laughs> it's funny that you said that because she, she talks about it all the time and I tried watching it with her and I was like nope not this one ain't it but I'll binge watch this shit with her thing. straight out but yeah alright let's move on to some other shit um, that was fun so music uh, dude the new joiner in Will 
Will Smith. Is that? Have I've you heard, heard about it? that? No, I've heard about it. Oh, it's really it good. Itself. I like it. I love the track. Joiner smashes it. I'm a huge fan of Joiner to begin with. So that's that's a done deal with me. Right. But Big Willie, I'm pretty sure no one's ever called him that, but he came on the track and he was and you know what I loved about his 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 shit? He spit his shit. He spit his kind of braggadociousness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think he had one lyric where you talked about kissing Jada a thousand times. And I'm like, I'm not mad at you, nigga. I'm not mad at you out rapping about kissing one of the most beautiful women in the world one thousand times. Like you got it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's... It doesn't it doesn't strike me as disingenuous like when you hear a lot of other niggas be back braggadocious about their lives that you know is fake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he talks about real shit. He was talking about like, I'm glad I inspired you, but you know who inspired me? Mandela and all of these big people. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Right. You know what I mean? Granted, Dropping that's completely knowledge. you know, you're his artistic, you know what I mean, inspiration. But I like how you tied the artistic inspiration to life inspiration. Because if you live an interesting life and you have talent, then your music is good, period. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that that was a really cool um, idea that he presented in his rhyme. But, yo, Will hasn't lost it. <laughs> Will has not lost it one bit. He smashed that fucking verse. I mean, because I, it came in, like, I think Joyner gave, like, a 16. Then Will came in and gave, like, a 64. <laughs> and then Joyner closed with a 16. Goddamn. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That nigga came in and rapped the whole middle of the song. That's what's up, Yeah, man. man big, yo. Will Smith, and I think I was talking know. some shit about Will Smith um, when he got on Instagram. And um, I'll bite my tongue on that. Fuck that, yo. I would fucking buy a Will Smith record right now. <laughs> Based on that rap, That's if he puts out those raps, yeah, my nigga, I'm buying a Will Smith record right now, straight out. Putting my money on that one. Um, <clears throat> what else? Have you heard of a rapper named Polo G? I have not. I'm just going to hard pass on him. Um, ah, what happened? I'm not What's interested. Polo G? Because I, I don't like his rap. I love. He's got yeah. great features. Um, he's your typical melody rapper, da 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 da. da. You did kind of right. rap to the melody type of dude, but he's talking pure fuckery. And I'm and if he yeah, updates his content to match the production value of his songs, I'm with him. But until that nigga grows the fuck up a little bit, I'm good. <laughs> I'm just I just got no patience for these niggas no more. I'm not with it anymore. You know, like yeah, say fair. something real. Like I fuck with Maxo Cream because. He's saying real shit. You know what I mean? I fuck with a lot of rappers because of the uh, genuine nature of what they say. If you're into listening, because you got to be careful of the words that are being put into your head. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. listening to That's that music sure. over and over will desensitize you to some shit. And so I I prefer not to listen to that. I prefer to to listen to quality music. <laughs> and so um, when Polo G steps up his lyrics, I'll be all behind him. His his production's there. His team is there. His features are there. But the niggas must be 17 years old because he's got nothing <laughs> in terms of quality of lyrics. That's silly. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, Nav. Did you hear that album? Nah. Trash League. But um, somehow it hit Billboard number one, which screams to me that the stream farms are on fleek right now because there's no way that is a number one album. Nav's album is trash, dude. Like, like high high end trash. Damn. You know what I mean? Like like trash in a golden trash bag type of thing. <laughs> like higher trash is the best kind. Bro, it, it it's just not quality music. Once again, because it seems completely fabricated. You know what I mean? Like whatever whatever success he has was given to him or purchased, not earned. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Nav absolutely like purchases his features. 
he doesn't hit up an artist organically and say, I would like to work with you. And then we'll work out money splits after we've spit some fire. That's not what happens with Nav. Nav's publicist contacts someone's manager with a figure and purchases a verse. I'm not with that shit no more. Like, make it go ahead. That's club music. But I'm not going to buy that shit. Right. But I only mentioned that to say that shit hit number one on the Billboard charts. And um, Bitch Nine is talking about how the Billboard is cheating him out of his number one. And now this is probably one of the only times I'll ever agree with him. Only because I believe he has used this very same uh, illegitimate tactic to get to number one. So he knows when he says that Billboard's uh, scores are fabricated, he knows because he engaged in that. Exactly. And so... I don't think he was cheated out of his number one. He just didn't have the bread to buy his number one like he usually does. Mm-hmm. And someone else paid more for their fucking stream farm. And so he just couldn't he couldn't keep up. And he's mad that he's getting beaten out of his, at his own game. And so too bad, Snitch Nine. <laughs> somebody uh, somebody with, with less of a shitty background is, uh, as you and just as bad at raps is able to pay Billboard as well. That, that game isn't exclusive to you, bro true you know what i mean and so that the music industry is fucked up right now it's it's fucked up when it comes to like the act not the act of creating music the industry of making money off of music is fucked up right now not right now that's just been fucked up true respect but um because i i don't believe that the artistry has ever fallen off like i hate when people be like 90s are trash or like 70s are trash or for any genre no the problem is is that mainstream media just didn't promote the good shit mainstream media had a different agenda than good music and so i don't think that any genre falls off in any generation i just think that the the ability to get your shit heard by people is either made easier or harder by what the mainstream media puts out and right now they are they are definitely hard pushing an agenda it has nothing to do with like the quality of your music. You know what I mean? That's why I do give a lot of credit to like local artists and artists who might not just be popular because it's not easy to become popular. Trust me. Yeah. I know that it ain't easy to become popular. You know what I mean? And so you could be very talented and unpopular. And so I will give anyone at least a chance because of that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to look at someone and be like, yo, what's your followership? You ain't you ain't popping enough. It's like, no, but you could be very talented still, nonetheless. And so, yeah, right now the music game is fucked up for that. You, It's hard for you to make the money with your talent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to you got to uh, to push a, an agenda to get to get the big money, the like career making money behind you. But one day. You know what I mean? Like, there's still a. That's not to say that there isn't, because you know you got your dream bills, you got your TDEs, you know, um, right, right. you got your Griseldas, niggas who are standing on their artistry and they're making money. Um, so it's not impossible, but unless you got that collective, you got that team, it's gonna be really hard. Absolutely. The team is the that team helps. is yeah. paramount. You know what I mean? But yeah. Um. Oh man, Nelly versus Luda. Did you catch the versus battle? I did not. I only heard about it secondhand. It was good. It 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 was good. It was very very good. My thing, these IG battles are not a, the reason why they drive streams is because the audio on them is so trash 
that it encourages people to go back and stream the songs because these things, man, are nostalgia road, man. Right, they yeah, make you sure. want to listen to <laughs> that artist. In, and, and these artists have produced so many songs at this point that it doesn't just make you want to go back to like, oh, this CD or that CD. When they do it right, it makes you want to just visit random tracks in their whole catalog type of shit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, that battle in particular was good for that. And it was an amazing battle. Um, Luda, I think, hands down, took it away. Nelly, so from what I understand, Tim and Swizz sent them both instructions and, I don't know, equipment to make sure that they had everything they needed to set it up right. Luda used it, and it was clearly evident. His stream was pretty much, like, I would give his stream like a 95%. Okay. Nelly's stream got a solid 40%. Yeah, that's so everyone was cut. Like, that nigga was shit. not there for 60% of the battle. Yep. <clears throat> and it was mostly when, you know, like, when the stream, the stream would buffer whenever he started dancing because he was putting on a show. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if Nelly didn't shoot himself in the foot, everybody would have been fucking with him because he was being entertaining during the battle. Yeah. You know what I mean? But because he had the shitty connection, it caused delay. He couldn't hear Luda, so it couldn't be that fun banter that you know these two niggas could have yeah it couldn't go it, back and forth nope and then every time he tried to be performative the stream would would <laughs> drop out and it's just like all right dude you, this sucks because i am enjoying this and hating it so much at the same time right now but um it, it, was, it was a great battle it was really good um i enjoyed that and i hope they keep these up i don't i really if they don't fix the audio it is what it is it'd be nice if they did but I would, i'm gonna keep watching these regardless to whether they do or not um luda did preview some new music with him and um wayne preview not a full play but that shit was fresh i thought that that was a great um kind of promotional thing to do yeah during this time it was it was perfect timing i think that's going to be a great rollout for him i think that that's going to prove to be a very positive um effect on his on the rollout for that track when it hits um yo Twitter was dragging Nelly for looking drunk on that shit, though. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not sure if he was, but damn, why Twitter got to be so, like, ridiculous sometimes? Like, Twitter is the worst about that. Hey, man, if he wasn't fucking up the stream, they wouldn't have been It's true, though. You're absolutely bad. right. He did open it up for that. He did mm-hmm. open it up for the, for the Twitter slander because, man... I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because Twitter will cause you to want to do everything perfectly because you're like, yo, they will motherfucking, they will slay you if you over here not lacking at all. I mean, you can be an adult about it though. I realize that it's just fucking disembodied voices from out of the ether. They don't affect True story. <laughs> True story. They really don't. And that's what I've started to realize. But half of the motherfuckers as much as they don't, real. see, they don't, the thing about Twitter is I think it only has a positive effect. Like, nobody cares if everyone hates you on Twitter, really. Nobody oh, cares. Yeah. Like, you might feel bad because people are writing mean things into their computer, but no one cares. But if you produce something that people like on Twitter, they will patronize you. Mm-hmm. They'll give you money based on what they have seen you do on Twitter. And so it's a really interesting platform. You know what I mean? Like, Twitter is one of those places that it it's it's a weird universe where there's only positive benefit from engaging with it. You know what I mean? Because serious people will don't really care about what you say on Twitter, unless you're being like racist or you're a rapist or like you're, por- you're, you're posting murder, you know, images, you know, snuff flicks or, you know what I mean? That might get you like 
flamed on Twitter, but right. nobody really cares. Like, seriously, like, I find it very easy not to get in trouble on Twitter. That doesn't mean I try not to. I still <laughs> say wild, reckless shit. Like, I'd be tweeting at, I'm, yo, I love tweeting at famous people like I'm somebody. That shit is great. <laughs> but, like, I'm, no one gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's great. Like, I do kind of like Twitter for that reason. You know, you can promote yourself. But then again, you can only promote yourself to people on Twitter. So, you know what I mean? It's a, you're promoting yourself to a very weird crowd of people because I don't think that the average Twitter user is normal. The average Twitter user. Now, there's people who patronize Twitter to kind of watch what the public is doing. And that, I think, is the right use of Twitter by the average person. But, like, if you jump on Twitter just as somebody who, like, works at Pack and Save and just lives at home with your mom. And you, like, you're on Twitter trying to, like, change the world. I don't think that that's how it works. I don't think so either. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the Twitter's not meant for you like that. You're supposed to be an audience on Twitter. The people who are meant to be, like, listened to on Twitter have blue checks. And even them, those people are fucking idiots. I've seen some idiots. I've seen, like, and I don't want to conflate these two things, but I've seen an eight-year-old with a blue check. Yeah. I'm not saying the the eight-year-old is an idiot. It's just the verification. That's all it is. It's just that you've been verified as the, as a real person. Socially, in the Twitterverse, what it represents is, like, oh, you're the influencer. You know what I mean? Really? Does it? Yeah. In the the Twitterverse, yes. Okay. In the Twitterverse, (laughs) you cannot be an influencer without a blue check. You can't even really promote yourself without a blue check. No one will believe you. I mean, I guess, but I don't. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I've seen. Okay. I actually don't <laughs> understand how the Twitterverse really works. I'm puzzling it out as I go. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Um, damn, how did I get on the Twitterverse conversation? Because you were talking about the rap battles and shit. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So that was the I was wrapping up with that anyway because the rap, the the Ludinelli battle was good. I enjoyed it a lot. I really look forward to the next ones. Um, who, they've been doing a lot of discussions um, about who should go next. And I'm interested to see who they come up with. I can't remember who was in the contention, but we'll know by Monday for sure. Um, so what else has been going on in the world? Man, just to move on some tech and gaming um, news real quick. Just I had one quick thing in tech and one quick thing in gaming I wanted to mention. Uh, they, I'm, I'm a really big fan of like useless fancy things Mm -hmm. it's that's what i i find to be real luxury like i don't want to get like a luxury car because i need my car and i'm going to use it and so it's going to get worn out i want my luxury items to be like items that you know i might use in passing and so i was looking online and there was this five thousand dollar smartphone low clearly you should never pay $5,000 for a smartphone. Hell no. But it, it's it's from this company that produces what they call the Aurum Edition. And they're customized smartphones that have, like, solid gold and leather inlays on the case. So they, they take the, the body of the phone and they re-sculpt it with leather and solid gold. And then reaffix the innards and the faceplate to this remade back that shit is hot bro yo they did an iphone 11 which i would not want i would probably ask them to do like a samsung phone but bro that shit was fresh yo what you don't want gold inlays on your cell phone no not at all this is why phone entirely too much to want a fancy phone the funny oh see yeah no i'm not like i'm very and knock on wood thank you for whatever protects me but i am very careful with my phone but oh, I'm careful with mine too. Still drops all the time. Nigga, <laughs> you clumsy. <laughs> That's why I got a big ass case on my shit. Yo, nigga, I be 
Nigga, I ride the I'll lightning, baby. I don't got no case on my phone yet. I just got that shit. I need I to put really, a case on it, though. Then again, I don't really consider a phone a luxury item, like you were saying. Earlier. That's what I'm saying. So like, usually like, I wouldn't consider you know, that a. But it's something that I use. Because I barely make calls on my phone. Most of the time, if you. If somebody wants to call me, feel free, but I'm not frequently making outgoing calls on my phone. So I, I don't find it that I use it on like, you know, the normal basis. Like I use it mostly for phone gaming and texting. So my phone is a luxury item to me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if I didn't have it, my life would proceed all the same. So, yeah, I was like, okay. I I kind of I kind of fucks with this, yo. They had like this alligator skin with the solid gold emblem. I was like, yo, that shit is, <laughs> nigga. If I was ever like rich, that's the kind of shit you would see me have. Like, nah, nigga, I don't got no chain, but nigga, look at the bezel on my fucking phone. Do you see my shit, nigga? Yo, my bezel spins and glows. What's good? <laughs> nah, but yeah, nah. I've always did, I love luxury tech items. Like, I'm not into like. The only jewelry I ever wear are earrings. Like, I'm not even really into jewelry all that hard. Like, that's my jewelry. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. I thought that that was super interesting. So, you should definitely check that out. It's called the Orem Edition iPhone 11. And, yeah. Definitely impressive, the video that I watched. I would think I watched the the opening on um, Unbox Therapy, which is a pretty cool um, YouTube channel. But, boy, that's some silly tech shit, my nigga. Like, when I saw a $5,000 iPhone, I was like... But at least it's better than what China did. China had a like a ten thousand dollar iPhone that was literally just a regular iPhone. Nice. They were just charging ten thousand dollars for the rose gold version. Nice. That's baller, nigga. Like, no, we're not gonna give you nothing special. That's it's gonna funny. overcharge you. That's luxury. Funny. I guess that is luxury. I'm just gonna overcharge you for the fuck of it. Ha. <laughs> Pretty much. Just take it. Take it. I mean, they got all that money and they're not really doing anything with it. True story. True story. And. And money is even more irrelevant in China. Like, exactly. <laughs> and the funny part is like people exactly. do not understand what it's like in a centralized banking economy like China. In China, like the money don't mean shit. It really doesn't. Like and even within their economy, the money doesn't mean shit. Like you could be completely poor and move your way up through the CCP and be considered a very influential person. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's so yeah. funny because as Americans in a capitalist economy and a capitalist society, we have no concept of that at all. Nope. Poor people be like Xi Jinping wasn't rich until he became the controller of the Chinese central <laughs> bank. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't even get it, yo. Like, they really don't understand how how different that world is. But um, that's irrelevant. Yeah. Um, oh, on some gaming news real quick. So Doom Eternal is getting the epic review bomb because <laughs> they, another one, another one, another one. Well, first of all, id Software and Bethesda are fucking retarded. I'm done with them. Why people buy their games? I'll never know. Yeah. But Bethesda has been going down for a while. For sure. And it's only for the fact that people are fucking loyal that they have any kind of fucking mm-hmm. patronage whatsoever. But um, so Doom 3 launched and they had a... Uh, they had a uh, an anti-tamper software called Nuvo, nu- I think it's called Nuvo Tamper. And what it does, it just, it prevents you from altering the the game's software to prevent people from hacking it and playing it in ways that weren't intended by the, the developers. Okay, that's fair. And that's very fair. Mm-hmm. And people dislike it, 
because once you purchase a game, who cares how you play it? Okay. But nonetheless, it's understandable if the devs want to keep the, the experience homogenized. Mm-hmm. Cool. But post-launch, they use that as a way to then install something that they call um, Nouveau Cheat, which is anti-cheat software for multiplayers. Now, this is not Nouveau Tamper. This is a kernel-level installation that affects the firmware of your computer that can wrest control of your hard drive and peripherals from you in the case that they find that you are a cheater. That's pretty funny. They can prevent your access to the game that you played as well as take control of hardware that they did not purchase. Yeah, no. And then furthermore... Take a wild guess where they're sending your data to be analyzed for cheating. <laughs> you know this. To the Bezos. To the Bezos, my nigga, the, the Amazon Bezos. cloud. So evidently, Amazon has a third-party company that runs on their cloud that analyzes this data for these companies. So pretty much, they are installing Amazon spyware on your computer. Yeah. I don't, I don't fuck with that at all. At Bro, all. when I saw that, I was like, oh, at okay, all. that makes perfect sense while they're getting review bombed. Yeah, because the absolutely. game itself, the single-player game is amazing. Absolutely. The single-player game is amazing. It's really a good shooter, single-player shooter. That's like Halo-style, you know what I mean? Like yeah. back in the day. Actually, even Doom-style. Like Doom was the predecessor to Halo. And fucking they use it as a platform to sneakily install Amazon spyware on your no, computer. Bro. I'm straight. Got to got to pay attention to these things cuz that's dangerous. And then on top of that, the 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 process of removing the software is hugely intrusive. Of course it is. It's very <laughs> difficult. Oh man. So if you have Doom 3, please be wary. You know, enjoy the game, but do if you can run the game without connecting to the internet, that is your best bet because Amazon is absolutely monitoring your computer yeah, whenever you log that. into that game. Yeah, that's, that doesn't even make any sense. I mean, yeah, no. That's some heavy overreach, man. Yeah. Shit is crazy, man. Like, and, and, and it sucks because you got Amazon in here really like stepping on another industry. It's like, what industry? Amazon's a bookstore. <laughs> Does anyone remember Amazon as a bookstore? Like Jesus Christ! Like we let a bookstore take over the country. Like are we? Like come on, people! Like this is not this is not good. <laughs> but anyway, oh you know what? I forgot about this in the entertainment section, but I want to talk about this. Conway, Conway to the machine from Griselda. Okay. I want to I want to put that man on a fucking pedestal. I'm giving him all the flowers today because. Through this pandemic, he has shown himself to be an up, to be someone from the streets, but who could absolutely represent the kind of citizen you want to be. He gave uh, he the MTA workers in Buffalo. He's been purchasing them breakfast so they can um just you know to help alleviate the burden of what they're going through, having to work in this public space. You know what I mean to. Because by buying them breakfast, they now don't have to go out and encounter more people because these are the people who are most, you know, public servants are the ones who are coming and uh, encountering the most people, right. which put them at the most risk. 
And by buying them food, he he dramatically helps reduce, you know, the the contact these people have to come into. So he did that. And then I don't know how he became aware of this young lady, um, but she had a similar affliction as he does because he has Bell's palsy, which paralyzes half of his face. She also has par- and so she has the same meme mug that he has, which is it, it's adorable when you see the two of them. But <laughs> when he found out that all she wanted, I, I think that it was like all she wanted was for somebody to say happy birthday to her that she didn't know. And so when he found that out, he came through, dropped a stack on her, you know what I mean? Did an appearance at her birthday and really like helped encourage this young lady who probably has a very tough life right now and ahead of her for no reason. There was no benefit to him. None. I didn't even see this on his Twitter. This was tweeted from her. I saw it. She bigged him up, and that's how I found out. He didn't even do this going out here looking for a whole lot of accolades. And that's why I really appreciate him, because all of these things that I found out that he's doing are from the people who have received it, which makes me feel like it's genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I really got to give that man his flowers right now, because he's spitting fire, his collective is on top, and he's for the people. This is what we need from the streets right now. This nigga spits some of the grittiest rhymes that you'll ever fucking hear. And he can still be somebody who knows how to interface with the greater world around him in a productive manner. That's what I'm talking about. You don't have to be super squeaky clean, doing all this shit, faking it pretty much like most niggas do. To be, you know what I mean? Like you look at you look at Jillum and it's like, my nigga, if you were just true to yourself... You wouldn't be assed out with a male stripper right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be a real nigga. Conway's a real nigga. And so he could stand on everything that he does. One could argue that when he was caught with that male stripper, he was being true to himself, that it's everything else but was a lie. Okay. Right on. But that's what I'm saying. If he was being true to himself all the other times, now we wouldn't be so surprised to see him face down ass up. <laughs> to be fair, only people outside of Florida were the ones that were surprised. Those rumors okay. have been following him since high school. Really? Yep. Oh shit! Oh, as soon as I talked to somebody he's from our age. Florida about that, well, dude, he's like, our peer. You know that, right? Yeah. Like, as soon as I talked to actual people in Florida, you know, you know, like how I like to talk yeah. to, them, like, oh, look at your fucking former gubernatorial candidate. They were like, yeah, no, that, there's been rumors about. And we've that been trying not to stigmatize my nigga. Yeah. Thanks for being fucking homophobes, <laughs> asshole. They're like, nah, that, that ain't that's news to y'all. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I just wanted to give Conway some flowers for that because I really yeah, that's, appreciate that's super that. Super dope. That's that's so. Birthdays mean a lot to some people. So yeah, he probably made the fuck out of her whole year. Yeah, and I really and and if if this whole because during the pandemic, don't even get it twisted. Fucking West Side Guns album dropped fire. Nice. Benny the Butcher been out here blowing it up. So if this is. Uh, opening for Griselda to take over the game, I'm all in, nigga. I would love to see the Gris- Griselda own the game and not fucking Revolt or fucking any of these other companies. I want to see Griselda on top. Real shit. Those are the niggas who I think can be genuine gatekeepers for bringing a new era to rap. So, big ups to them. Do your things. Um, I guess, yeah, let's move on to some politics. Finish out with the news. Oh, man, it's been, you know, I was trying to avoid it because it's really like no good news, but it is what it is. So did you hear this shit that um 
the the dudes who fucking murdered Ahmaud Arbery had been deputized by those police to do that. Yes. If you got any problems, call McHale. Oh, I'm sorry, Bro, not McHale. McGregory Mc, or whatever. Mc, Mc something, McMaster or some shit like that. McDaniel's or whatever the yeah. fucking name is. They, they, that yeah. shit's wild, my dude. So we. So now, this is my thing. If I then go and make the logical leap and say, okay, they probably killed other people, white people will be like, nah, what do you mean? Why are you drawing conclusions? <laughs> because they killed an unarmed black man and they've been deputized to do this before. I don't fucking trust the police. They are a gang, a racist gang. And so miss me with that shit. Yo, I, and that's why I genuinely stay out of certain places now. Because I don't want to ever, I'm the kind of person who wants, I want my fucking views to be heard. I'm not ashamed of any of them. And if they're wrong, I will amend them. But right now, I stand on the police as a whole are a corrupt and bad organization. And I can't stand people who are going to ask me to suspend my disbelief because they feel protected by the police. (laughs) Fuck that. Fuck that. I'm no longer going to accept the idea that the police overall are a positive force. I don't care how many Twitter accounts they have promoting the nice things that individuals do. The organization of police authority is fucked and will not benefit minority people ever. No matter how many minority people eventually become police, overall... That institution will brutalize violently minority communities. And I'm standing on that shit, 100%. And until they can prove to me otherwise, I will will approach every police officer as a potential murderer. And I will conduct myself as if I'm in the presence of murderers. Oh, don't worry. They have no intention of changing. Good, because I have no intention (laughs) of not acting that way. Because they sit there and deputize citizens to lynch people. If you don't know what a lynching is, it is a public murder. These people murdered Ahmaud Arbery on camera. That tells me they wanted people to see it. That is why Ahmaud Arbery is a lynching. There is no anti-lynching laws in America, by the way. None. Because that would disproportionately affect white people. It would disproportionately prosecute police because police would have most of their attacks are on camera <laughs> you know what i mean and the idea that well, a the public thing is though mm-hmm. i would find it highly unlikely that they would declare a, pub- a police killing a lynching regardless of whether or not it is the, a lynching i think the problem is is that the aclu is very persuasive and i think that if they ever allowed it to get to a court the court might be and not to say that the courts always do what they're supposed to do. Not saying Definitely that. Not. But I think that the court would have a problem because the ACLU has enough funding to do this over the next 30 years. They will put this into every appellate court in every applicable state on every applicable case for the next three decades. And I do not think that the court system is willing to put themselves through that. You know what I mean? And so that's why they don't want to see any of these cases actually go to lynching laws. That's why there are no lynching laws, because they knew that if they did, the ACLU would have grounds to tie up the court system in a very major way because of the amount of times this happens in America. 
Because can you imagine in the South if every single one of these cases were prosecuted? If black people knew that there was an organization that will elevate every one of these murders and will investigate every one of these murders, if you think that they knew that, that that wouldn't go down? They can't put that on the books. They cannot put lynching laws on the books because it would ruin the court system. <laughs> That's how fucked this country is. And because think about it, if you, I mean, the Supreme Court sees what, 100 cases a year? If that, I think I'm way overestimating that, by the way. <laughs> that would, it would, and all of these cases would get pushed because of the, um, because of uh, federal um, uh, anti discrimination laws, all of these cases would go straight up to the federal court. There would be no way, there'd be no way. Civil rights cases would inundate the American court system and, 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 and it would never function right. So it's a shame. But I was just, I was blown like, damn, I wasn't blown. I was just like really disappointed because it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not that I didn't expect it. It's just, damn, there is no bottom to how bad this case is. But yeah, that that, that is what it is. Um Moving on from that, uh, it's really interesting. What do you think Biden's odds of winning are? Out of pure morbid curiosity. I don't know. I think it's fairly 50-50 at this point. You think it's 50-50? Mm-hmm. I give it 70-30 Trump. I give it 70-30 Trump because of one statistic in particular. Which is? Incumbency. True. And it's really hard to beat the incumbent. And it's really hard to beat them with someone who people barely like more than than them. True. Like incumbents beat people who are marginally more popular than them. <laughs> it's true. It happens. Yeah, because they already have the job. Because they already got the job. I do not think you see, liberals are in such a fucking bubble that they can't understand that even though they think Trump's doing a poor job, the rest of America thinks that the liberals are the ones messing this up. <laughs> it's the liberal medical system and the liberal media that's not representing this right and donald trump is doing everything he can to disinfect your innards that's how they think they're fucking stupid <laughs> and so the problem is is that the leftists or or the liberals would think that they aren't going to vote especially in an election when they don't believe the pandemic is real do you think, how the fuck do you think Biden can win? I just, I can't imagine Biden winning. The people who would vote for Biden think this pandemic is real. <laughs> and the disease is absolutely real. But the people who are voting against Biden don't. So, do you, would you risk your life to vote for Biden? I don't think many of his voters would. <laughs> and so he's going to have a real fucking problem. Many Trump voters would die for him. Because they're stupid. This is true. So I don't understand how he expects to win in this situation. I can't see him winning in this situation. I don't I don't want either of them to win. But I definitely don't see him winning. And it's I just don't understand how the political discourse has become so vapid that everyone's just blindly. I feel like remember at the end of the Dave Chappelle show, they had Donald Rollins doing the robot. And yeah. he randomly show up. I feel like the entire Donald world Rollins. is doing that. That was some other guy. That wasn't Donna? Nope. Oh, that, that wasn't. I'm a rich bitch. 
those two, the right the guy that does the robot is the guy that does the robot. Don Rawlings does on Rich Bitch and all the other characters. They have been in the same I'm scene. So racist. I said the, I, I thought I, nigga, I thought that was CG. <laughs> like if you remember the scene when they're in the club and the uh That's what um, I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. He's two this two different people. Oh man, I feel so bad. But anyway, <laughs> I feel like the entire world is doing the robot like he is. Because you know he's like completely oblivious. Like things are going on around him and he's just doing the robot. Like, what are you doing, nigga? That's what I feel like the entire world is doing right now. Everyone's just doing their own thing. Do your robot. Do whatever. Vogue. Do whatever you're doing because nobody's fucking paying attention to what's actually going on around them. Which is, there's things happening <laughs> that should be paid attention to. But everyone's too caught up in their own bubble to actually address it in a realistic fashion. And so I you mean, have... To be fair, mm-hmm. some people are intentionally not addressing it. <laughs> not everyone okay. is, is no 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 is you're 100 percent right and i do not i do not discount that big that that large corporations and small corporations are disavowing it so that they cannot take responsibility for taking mm-hmm. care of the people who rely on them the most yep and yes you were 100 right and i do not mean to to invalidate that or demunitize that whatsoever but we still have to be realistic they're talking about like it, it just isn't it's bad but it just is not on the level of panic that they're causing and the level of panic that they're causing is absolutely what's causing people to ignore them which is causing a worse reaction to what they are trying to warn you about it's very 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 problematic but um yeah no i just don't know what I don't see how Biden would do this any better. I really don't. Because he's beholden. Because the problem is the medical industry. Trump's not the fucking problem. I don't know if anyone had to tell you this, but hospitals don't need Trump to tell them how to operate. Hospitals don't need Trump. to. The CDC doesn't need Trump to tell them how to operate. He doesn't. The CDC is just bad at making YouTubes. Because YouTube has already said we will publish anything the CDC says. And we will put that on our front page, blast it to every YouTube viewer. They've said that already. They said that they do not accept any information contrary to the CDC. They only listen to the CDC. So the fact that the CDC is worried about what Trump is saying means that they're just not interested in doing their job. Because they have the literal biggest platform in the world to put out information. And instead of doing that, they're fucking sending Fauci to the fucking congressional fucking podium to talk and be near Trump. That's your fucking fault for not doing your job. Trump don't got shit to do with that. Trump don't got shit to do with all these businesses reopening. Stay fucking closed. Force the government to do the right thing. They will. You want to know how I know? Because when police try to serve fucking social distancing warrants in white people communities, guess what they do? They tell them to fuck off and leave. And guess what the police do? They fuck off and leave. They listen to white people. And guess what? Most of these business owners are white people. So stand on what is right if you believe what is right. But if you don't, then don't put that shit on nobody else but yourself. If you reopen, it's not because Trump reopened the country. It's because you reopened your business. Don't reopen your business if you don't think that it's safe. And guess what? People will. One thing that um, is funny, like if you look, watch um, pharmaceutical commercials, 
you'll notice that actually there's like 10 seconds of commercial and about 30 seconds of homeopathic warnings. <laughs> what the pharmaceutical industry realized is that the more you warn people of the detriment you're going to bring to them, the more they trust you because you're giving them the heads up. All you got to do is give people the heads up. They will listen. You don't have to, you don't got to go through all of this extra shit and get the decrees and the lockdowns and the quarantines and the stay at home orders and blah, blah, blah. No, you just got to be honest and put the information out. People will listen because they do genuinely want to survive. But if you whip up and gin up fear, no one's ever going to listen to that shit. It's never going to work. But yeah. Uh, oh, it was interesting. So Australia in the uh, UN is bringing up an investigation into the origins of the virus because clearly we're being lied to. And I think it's like 116 countries back them in their investigation in the UN. Mm-hmm. So this will be interesting. This will yeah, be interesting. I think that's really funny. Because China's it, telling everybody to stop talking about me. I, oh, and, really China is, China, and China is vehemently against this, which mm-hmm. makes me believe that they will find something. Because China is against it. So that means that they, they are actually looking. And so that'll be interesting. I very much look forward to that. But this is my thing. Who, do you know who the biggest investor into Australian rare, rare earth minerals is? Uh, no. China. That's what I figured. And so could they be washing their reputation through Australia? They're trying, but it seems like Australia is cutting them off. They've threatened to um, stop sending politicians to Australia if they don't uh, slow down or halt the investigation, which I find humorous. Dude, if Australia... Dude, I would gain so much respect because I really do shit on Australia a lot because it, it's, it's like a vassal state. You know what I mean? Like they really don't have any connection to the rest of the world outside of what we feed them. You know what I mean? And so it's it sucks for them because they want to participate in what the rest of the world is doing. But at the same token, they have no ability to really like produce that shit there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't really produce, you can't set up like a factory to produce computer chips in Australia because Australia has computers solely because of the rest of the world. You know what I mean? And so... Australia ends up being one of those places that, like, they get exploited a lot, a lot, a lot. They're like Canada. Like, you can't do a whole lot of shit in Canada because of how foreboding the weather is most of the time in most of its territory. And so they're just stuck getting what the rest of the world gives them most of the time, culture-wise and otherwise. And so they end up just being a vassal to the bigger country that's closest to them. And so I shit on Australia a lot um, because they are... You know, they were discarded by England as a penal colony. And then China just pretty much swept in and was like, oh, I got all that earth, got all the minerals. Let me holler. And so, like, they're in a really weird geopolitical place. And culturally, they 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 they're in a really interesting place in the world. And so, I don't know. I thought it was, I, I, I think that this will be interesting if they break from the, the Chinese uh, influence. Because that would put them in a different geopolitical place. Because especially with America trying to um, repatriate their production, trying to bring their production back home, they will need to find places to to, to import resources from. And the two biggest places are Mongolia and Australia for the types of minerals you need for computer construction. 
or microchip construction. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they re-enter into the geopolitical situation moving away from China because China has, they've been the sugar daddy for a while. Mm-hmm. They're trying to maintain that relationship too. I'm, I'm sure they are because no matter how much China might say that, you know, you're benefiting from their presence. Oh, they're benefiting from your presence. <laughs> oh, show. Like, they because they wouldn't mess with you otherwise. Mm-hmm. They would do absolutely nothing otherwise. But yeah. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um Stacey Abrams. And I and she kind of she triggers me because she is a black woman who has written very heavy on the black woman identity politics line. And while I don't typically have a problem with that, the fact that she has first aligned herself with Michael Bloomberg and then chosen to align herself with Joe Biden in prostrating fashion. I mean, it's not like she just endorsed them. No, she wholeheartedly campaigned for them. Both of these men being antithetical to her identity politics. Just show, it, it triggers me. It makes me feel like... It, 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 it it strikes a chord in me when you see white men take advantage of black women. I don't like it. It it it, it strikes extra extra close to home, and it makes and it and it burns my blood. I don't like it. And the sad part is is that it's a very willing participation. Yeah, she's volunteering for sure. She's volunteering for this, and the sad part is is that she doesn't see how great her power could be if she stood on something. Bullshit. She sees that shit. She just wants the easy fucking check. I refuse to believe these motherfuckers don't know what they're doing, bro. No, no, she doesn't. No, no, no. I I think that a lot of people do. She doesn't. Because she's not getting paid. No, no, she's not getting paid. All of the money is being funneled through her, through her, through her organizations. Like the 5 million that Bloomberg was supposed to give her went through uh, an organization that she does charity with. Biden isn't paying anyone for their endorsements. And that's why I'm saying, I'm not saying that she shouldn't get paid. Like, if she was doing that to get paid, I would actually think slightly different of it. Because of the political position she's going for, it doesn't have those kind of dividends. Like, she's moving not for money, but for political power. But they're playing her hard. Like, Biden, and and I say that because I was, was watching her most recent um appearance with 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 biden and it was clear that they were moving for him to endorse her as a vp potential and he refused to give it to her and he danced around and the look on her face was so angry because she knew that she knew what she went there for. You're absolutely right. She's not dumb. She's trying to play a a, a, a political power game, but she's just woeful. She, unfortunately, demographics matter in that in that game, and she, her demographic handicaps her greatly. Because the majority of America doesn't give a fuck about black women, and that is sad, and it's upsetting, but it's true. The majority of America does not give a fuck about black women. And as much as we work to change that reality, it's not a reality right now. 
black black women have to be cherished by their community because the bloombergs and the bidens of the world they're not given they're just not that into you it's all good you'll learn one day and and i hope she does because she's very she's very uh opportunistically uh situated in her political life and she can still parlay that into a lot of change my thing is is that she has to come to grips with the fact that the democratic establishment will not give her that that opportunity she needs to really uh coalesce with the progressive left to make a way forward for herself and her community but the establishment Democrats have literally made a career of disenfranchising black people, offering them something and not giving it to them. They've literally made political careers of this. So she's got to do better. She's got to. Like, you can't, like, you're squandering all of the, the political goodwill you have from your community by prostrating yourself to these men. And it's sad because I really, really hate to see a black woman have to do that. She doesn't have to. She doesn't. She doesn't. Um, but I feel like she. You don't think she feels as if she has to? Like objectively, uh, I know or she not doesn't have she to. Feels. Um, it's. I think it's just an such an obviously stupid thing to do that I just have no sympathy for her whatsoever. Like, come on, some Bloomberg, huh? Medigan? Yeah. No. Bloomberg? Right on. You're right. Bloomberg? It's fucking terrible. Bloomberg? But you know. You, but you know who said they were voting for Bloomberg? And and I hate to put her out on Front Street. My mom. <laughs> My mom said she would have voted for Bloomberg. And she lived in New, in York, New York through Stop and, yeah, Fru- no. through, through stop and Frisk. <laughs> I just don't get fucking old people, dude. I, I do. just don't They're get tired. them. They don't want to fight anymore. I understand. I understand. But, you know. That hurt you me. You have to understand. As, as a young black man, yeah. that hurt me. That hurt me here. My mom said that. I was like, Really? Like, just, but you know what I find is that a lot of old school Jamaicans believe that policing works. I, I find, because you know what, Derek's mom said it's that to me. because they were raised by the belt. Yes, you're absolutely right. And that's why I won't raise Kendrick with the belt in that way. He'll get the disciplinary rod, but not that way. I don't want him to think that that, that physical discipline is mm-hmm. the only way to to convince people of your way in most most cases our parents try to beat us into submission <laughs> well you know you, you know what the, fu- the, the the crazy part is the last time i ever got a beaten was was my dad saying i can't do that because that, that's what it came out to he i was being an asshole like he was he was he was spanking me and me being the in the consummate asshole that I am, I was staring at him in his face in his eyes and not showing any emotion purposely. So he's hitting me and I'm staring at him and he's hitting me and I'm staring at him. And then so it became at one point he was just beating me into submission. And then that's when he stopped and said, OK, you know what? This is no longer an effective way for me to inter- interface with you. I cannot. This, beating you is clearly not doing anything. And at the time, I didn't realize that that's what I was telling him. But that's what I was telling him by doing that. Like, look at you. Look at you him. <laughs> look at you him, my little ass. How you feel? You know what I mean? And he could see that in my eyes. And so, yeah, you're right. You're beating into submission 
creates a dynamic that makes you very open to the idea of this brutal policing. Yeah, like that works. Man. Yeah, it, and it's just not. It's not don't, good. It really don't. I mean, maybe it worked for y'all, but that should stop working for me. Well, for it, it worked so. in Jamaica because they were in an environment True, yeah. that was very limiting. Mm -hmm. The limiting environment of Jamaica or small islands in general or just small communities that are insular mm -hmm. allows for those kind of things to be effective. But when you're in America, the land of radical freedom, <laughs> you know how I know that that won't work? When I see people walk around with holes cut in their face mask, I realize that beating them won't do anything. <laughs> Beating people like that won't do anything. Like you could, when that person was a child, you couldn't spank them. <coughs> Spanking people like oh, that man. does nothing. I remember that lady. That was oh funny. no, it happened many, many times. And fuck this TikTok That's guy who's funny. been doing that. So that happened. And then some dickhead on TikTok has been walking around in public with a mask like that, just making public workers feel uncomfortable. And I'm like, man. you're a shitbag. That's why I hate TikTok. You're yeah. all fucking terrible people. But I shouldn't say that because shout out to Adriana. That's Carolina's little sister. She entertains herself greatly on on TikTok. And so I won't I won't hate on that generation. <laughs> but um I just I can't. It's not for me. It definitely isn't old nigga shit. Definitely not old nigga shit. Oh man, Jason Derulo over there acting crazy on TikTok. That shit was funny this week though. Watching the the slow descent of Twitter. <laughs> Just ragging on Jason Derulo for being ridiculous on TikTok. That's that was fun. But um, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Well, oh, you know what? I and it sucks because right as I I knew that looking at Justin Amash would have been very prescient for this time. And just as I'm getting around to 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 getting some good information on his background for you guys. He drops off a fucking race. So <laughs> there it has it. I don't believe I'm going to be voting because I'm not voting for Trump and I'm not voting for Biden. Um, or I will be voting with a write-in and I'll vote for myself. And so <laughs> that's where I stand on this shit. Good luck, y'all. <laughs> I do not know what to tell you henceforth with this electoral politics. If something else develops and I can, and I can speak more definitively on it. I will have that conversation with you. But right now, it looks like this election is pretty much fucked. And so I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to partake in that particular shit show. Um, so, damn. You know, and that was it, man. I had a man. I had 10 minute segments for the next two, three weeks planned out talking about this dude. I got mad research. And then get dropped out. But it is what it is. I mean, he did it on a very realistic premise that third parties don't have a chance in this country, which he's right. Facts. Um, but the thing I, I, you know what upset me was that I think he dropped out because he was the spoiler for Biden. Because he's going to pull more votes from Trump. First of all, he's a Republican. Secondary, he's a libertarian. Third, he does not support um, democratic uh, policy. So all those Trump voters who are sick and tired of him, all of those people who, who have dead grandparents because of him, they would have voted for Justin Amash. And Justin Amash didn't want to be a spoiler for Biden. He didn't want to get Biden elected. And so that's why I believe he dropped out. But as I said, he's your standard uh, Republican. So it is what it is. I wouldn't have expected any less from him. Um, I did, was hoping for more from him because he has taken so many good moral uh, stances. But say, Lavi, so long, Mr. Amash. You won't be missed very much. <laughs>
but yeah i think that's going to wrap it up for us today we had a fun one i know i was on too but uh i think i held it together for the whole show <laughs> you don't forget to hit us up on twitter at home heron catch me on instagram at rico underscore g sound yeah and uh, i'll leave you with these words time is only wasted if you choose to waste it so learn from your mistakes it's the only thing you ever truly do learn from thank you for joining us and have a great one guys peace take it easy